Amen. How many of you are thankful tonight that you know who he is and that he knows who you are? Amen. I am delighted to know the Lord. Amen. And I am thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight to speak to you. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Then I will turn to Matthew and Mark and read two verses very quickly from there. But 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrine of devils. Matthew 24, verse 4, it says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Mark chapter 13, verse 5 says the same thing. And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed lest any man deceive you. The common word here is heed. And the common theme is deception. He said, take heed lest any man deceive you. Beware, be on the lookout. Watch out for yourself. Tonight, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject. Take heed to the voice you heed. Take heed to the voice that you heed. You can be seated tonight. We are living in a very interesting time. To say the least, it is a time that if you read the word of God, you're not surprised by for the word of God tells us that it's going to be this way. I get amazed at children of the Lord who see what's going on in the world and they think, well, what's going on? And you want to ask them, well, have you read the book? Because everything that is going on right now is in that book and it's revealing itself every day and. The people that are coming after the church and after truth, they're popping up everywhere and trying to tear down everything that is good and holy. And we ought to be on the lookout more today than we have ever, ever been. We once were a people who did that which was right in our own eyes. And now we have become a people who do that which is right in our own eyes, especially if it has a high approval rating. We heed the voice of the Yelper who posts about their delicious food. They tell you the hot spots to eat. They tell you all the things that you ought to try when you go there. And we have all kinds of apps that you can get on and look at to see where the good places to go are. What's the best thing to do? Where should I go while I'm here? And, and we allow other people to dictate our decisions. We heed the voice of the influencer on social media about their latest bargain. We listen to the voice of the man who stayed at the Holiday Inn on Main Street and we hear what his opinion is and whether we should stay there or not. We ask others' opinion constantly. We seek the approval of the masses. We post a picture seeing how many likes or how many thumbs up or how many comments we can get. Because we want to hear it from the crowd. If I wanted to go online tonight and I wanted to buy a rock 
to use as a paperweight. I could scroll down and on there I would find reviews, stars, comments, and a rating on a rock. And because of all the people who have tried it before, I get their voice, I get their input, and their opinion of the rock. Bob would give it zero stars. Bob said, it is an ugly rock. If he would have known it was going to be like this, he would have just used a rock from the park or backyard. He wasted his money on this product and doesn't think he will ever buy a rock again. Joe would give it two and a half stars. Joe said it was a decent weight for a paperweight. Not too heavy, but not too light. It was not as smooth as he would like it to be, but he guesses for what it will be used for, it will suffice. Sally gave it five stars. She said the price was excellent. It was the prettiest rock that she had ever seen. And all her friends are asking her where she got it. She would highly recommend this to her friends. And she said this product rocks. It was the same rock. It was the same price to all three people. It was from the same website. But yet you had three very different opinions. And not only would you find three opinions, but you would find 547 reviews that you get to scroll through and read about a rock. Several months ago, we went looking for a new mattress for our bed. And if you've ever tried to do that online, you're, you're wasting your time. Because I can read about how wonderful a mattress is. I can read about what Joe and Sally and Bob think about a mattress is. But if I buy something because Bob says it's good and it shows up to my house, I'm not Bob. And what felt good to Bob may not feel good to me. And so until I experience it for myself and try it out for myself, the opinions of others is not really going to matter all that much. See, what has happened is instead of you getting to experience it for yourself and getting an opinion of your own, you base your decisions on other people's voice. Instead of relying on one solid review, you are more confused now by many man's views. Instead of hearing one voice and heeding one voice, you went and you're trying to decipher what you're going to do with the voices of so many You have to filter through them. You have to figure out if you're Sally or Bob or Joe. You have to figure out which personality type you are and and which character you are and take all these polls online to figure out who you are so they know which mattress works best for you or which rock you would prefer. It is so important that you have a voice in your life. And that voice... It needs to be his voice, whether it's in prayer, whether it's opening that word of the Lord that he gave you with so many words to encourage you and help you along the way, or whether it comes from your pastor, you need to hear the voice of God. You need to allow it to saturate your soul and speak to you every day. You need to make sure that you know the voice of God. 
There needs to be one sound voice for you to hear. Everything and everyone today loves to give their opinion on everything. Their opinion is Lord over all and it matters most. If you don't believe me, go and just watch a political debate for five minutes. And you will see people throwing around their opinions and their beliefs and their ideas. And while it is solid, they're unshaking, unmoving, unwavering. Go look at a comment on a news video. Go look at the comments that people post on other people's videos about eating candy or ice cream. And the the comments that just begin to pour in there of hate and bitterness and just tearing people down. And it's just horrible the things that are said. And you're thinking, what did that have anything to do with the video that was posted other than you're just a... We got a word for them. We got several words for them. But the hate that spews from people and everybody thinking that their voice is the only one that matters. I remember when that little boy fell into the gorilla exhibit in Ohio several years ago. And I have never seen so many gorilla experts in all of my life. All over Facebook, all over the news of people. Well, if, if I were the zoo, I would do this because gorillas, they, you know, they do this and, and, and they're, they're mean animals and I would have shot them right there on the spot or I would have tranquilized them or I would have just talked kindly to them and tried to calm them down and out of nowhere, all of a sudden, everybody's an expert on a gorilla. Or when predictions came for Hurricane Harvey, Everyone in Houston became a certified meteorologist overnight. I heard comments from this is going to be the worst flood that Houston has ever seen to, oh, it's nothing but a little bit of rain. And everybody wanted to give their opinion and their two cents because we like to give our opinion. Gun violence takes place. Everyone has a plan. Everyone has the solution. Everyone has the remedy. You hear me tonight. There is only one solution. There's only one answer and one who reigns supreme and one who knows all. And he is an expert in all fields and anything he faces. He knows every answer. He's already got it written down in his book. He knows the beginning from the ending. He has no PhD, but he confounds the doctors. He not only knows about the gorillas, he created them on day six and he created all the other animals. Nothing surprises God. Isaiah 55 and 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. He said, I've already got it all handled. I've got it figured out. I know just how much terrain to put on the ground. I know how much sunlight the earth needs. I know how to put the planets in orbit. I know just where to put them. I've got everything under control, and I want you to know my ways are 
They're higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And I've got everything under control. If you would listen to my voice, if you would listen to what I'm saying, I've already wrote down how the good book ends. I've already told you how to live holy. I've already told you how to walk with me. All you have to do is heed my voice. If I'm going to listen to anyone's voice, it has got to be his. We have people who are experts on the Bible. Paul said to Timothy, there are people who don't know what they are talking about, even though they speak so confidently. You ever heard anybody like that? They open the Bible and, oh, let me share a word with you. And they go off on this big spill that's so far over your head and their head's in the sand. They try to explain something to you and they're, they're just full of wisdom. It's just oozing out of them. You can't even get close to them because it'll get on you too and you'll be smart. But there are people out there that are like that and they want to share their the good news with you. They want to share with, with you what they have received. Can you believe there are people out there like that? This is a collection of comments about the Bible written by children. One child said, Jacob, did you hear about Jacob? He stole his brother Esau's birthmark. One said, Samson was a strong man who let himself be led astray by Jezebel. Then he slayed the Philistines with the axe of the apostles. AX. One said, remember the Ten Amendments that God gave Moses on Mount Sinai? One of them says, humor thy father and mother. Another one says, do not admit adultery. Moses died before he ever reached Canada. Then the greatest miracle in the Bible occurred when Joshua told his son to stand still and he obeyed. Solomon, that was the man who had 300 wives and 700 porcupines. Jesus was born because Mary had an immaculate contraption. The golden rule, you know what that is. That's where Jesus said, do to another before they do one to you. Or Lot's wife, she became a pillar of salt by day, but a ball of fire by night. And we laugh at the misinterpretation from these little ones. But there are people who twist and turn the word to say whatever they want it to say so that they can live however they want to live. And they create their own words out of the word and they interpret it in their way. And that's why you've got a million translations and they're coming out with more because men are wanting to write their own opinions and their own beliefs and their own ideas saying, well, well I don't think it's really saying this. I, my opinion is it says this. And you've got so many different people that are studying the word of God and trying to decipher it when some are just digging through the word of God to try to find error, to try to find one thing that if the evidence is wrong here, we throw out the whole case. If it's wrong here, I'm done with the whole body. Bible. But I've come to tell somebody tonight that one voice is the word of God and it is true. It is proven and it is accurate. It's tried to be done away with so many times, but it's still marching on today. There are people, unfortunately, that believe them and people follow them because they claim to be a preacher. 
They claim to be pastors or ministers, evangelists, even though they are in fact wolves in sheep's clothing. Better yet, they are wolves in shepherd's clothing. They do not hesitate to share their divine revelations. They don't mind twisting a scripture so that you may continue to sin. You may continue to live the way that you want to live. And well, we're going to take this scripture here and we're going to just twist it a little bit so you can, you can do whatever it is you want to do as long as you repent. And God is a God of grace. And that was the Old Testament. And now we're in the New Testament. You've heard them all. You've heard all the excuses, all the reasons, all the mindsets of people. And they, they try to take things that used to be wrong and say, well, it's not wrong anymore. They were wrong and we're right. And this is my opinion. And this is what my friends have said. And, and I've been talking to my brother over here. And, and we, we, you know, we think that this is what the word of God says. Every man is giving their own opinions and ratings and reviews it's already been reviewed. It is truth. It is accurate. It is five star. It's two thumbs up. It's whatever the highest rating it could be given. It has it. So get on board and just say, I, I believe it tonight. But people say, I, I, I want to know. I, I want to know if this really says this. And they, they don't mind twisting a scripture so that you may continue in sin. Even though Paul said, God forbid that we do that. Take heed to the voice that you heed. There was an egg once upon a time that found itself in a field of prairie chickens. Those prairie chickens would walk around. They could not fly and they would peck at the ground eating the dust and the trash that was on the ground. And that was their nourishment. When all of a sudden one day that egg began to move and it hatched and out came a beautiful eagle. But that eagle realized that his surroundings were a bunch of prairie chickens. He saw what they did, so he did. He saw that they was eating garbage, so he began to eat garbage. He saw that they could not fly, so he did not attempt to fly. He became one of them. He had associated with them long enough and lived with them long enough that he too believed he was a prairie chicken. Then one day, a bunch of eagles came flying overhead, and that eagle looked up. He thought, man, what it must be like to fly up high like that. What it must be like to go to new places and new heights. What it must be like to just spread your wings and soar. I would love to do that someday. And one of the prairie chicken looked over and said, well, that, my friend, is an eagle. But you can never be like that because you are just a prairie chicken. And so that eagle there on the ground had put his head down low and he began pecking away again. That eagle died thinking it was just a prairie chicken. You hear me tonight. You better be careful who you let get in your life and get in your ear because they can keep you down. God intended on you to soar, but you're living with prairie chickens who are telling you, no, you're never going to do that. You're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to be used by God. I know your past. I know that you've been here eating dirt with us. Don't you act all spiritual now. Don't you act like God's called you now. Don't you act like he's brought you out of darkness into marvelous light. You're still a prairie chicken. Don't, don't get a big head on me now. Some of us have friends like that. 
Some of us have family that's like that, and they don't want to see you soar. They don't want to see you succeed. You better be careful to the voices that you're listening to in your life and make sure that it's not prairie chickens keeping you down. If people around you are not flying, then perhaps you need to find some more birds to hang with. Birds of a feather do still flock together. You better quit letting that low-life loser voice be a voice in your mind. You better quit letting them speak to you, telling you you're not going to amount to anything. The Bible says the power of death and life is in the tongue. And we put a great emphasis on that and we preach about it all the time. And we should build up and we should say good things and positive things. And that is very true. But I say tonight we should put an emphasis on what we hear. We should put an emphasis not only on what is being said out of our mouth, but what we are allowing to come into our ears. And you've got two ears, so you've got a better chance of hearing something than you do saying something. You better make sure that the people that you're around are lifting you up and lifting others up and speaking life around you. Because if not, you're the one that's hearing it. You're going to be the one that's cut down and put to death. If all I hear is negative... If all I hear is beating me down, if all I hear is gossip, if all I hear is bitterness, it may not be me saying it, but as long as that is all I hear, I will be the one that is a dying man. The Bible says, but faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How do I hear that voice? By the word of God. How do I hear that voice? By the word of God. The Bible says be slow to speak but quick to listen. Many times over and over the Bible says to he that hath an ear. Let him hear what the spirit has to say. Not what the spirits have to say. Not what your neighbors have to say. Not what your friends have to say. But if you've got ears, you need to hear what the Spirit have to say. You need to make sure you're in tune with God and you've got your ear up against His mouth so when He speaks, you hear every word that is spoken. If you've got ears, you need to make sure that they're unclogged and that you're focused on what is being said so that you hear His voice. I pray you would open up your ears tonight and hear not many voices, but one voice. Hear the voice of the Lord. Second Peter 1, verses 16 through 21 in the NLT says, For we were not making up clever stories. We weren't trying to say something pretty to woo you. We weren't trying to create this cool story for you to feel like you were in this awesome story. When we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, we saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. When we, when he received honor and glory from God the Father, the voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mount. And because of that experience, because of what we saw and because of what we heard, 
we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote down. You need to pay attention to the words in the book. You need to pay attention to the things they put down on paper. For their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Above all, you must realize that no prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. They heard from Him and then they spoke it out. They heard from Him and then they spoke it out. They were making sure that the voice that they were hearing was His voice and then He would speak to them. That's why when a preacher gets up, you better pray that that preacher has also been praying and also been seeking God. That way when He he gets behind the pulpit, he could say, thus saith the word of the Lord. It's not my words. It's not great thoughts and great things that we've put together on paper, but it's the word of the Lord that we have heard. And then we preach it forth to the ears that will listen. But it happens when you listen to the voice and you listen to that Holy Spirit and you allow it to speak through you. We say, be careful, little ears what you hear but i say tonight be careful little ears who you hear that is why it is so important to have a relationship with god he said in john chapter 10 verse 5 and a stranger will they not follow but they will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers verse 27 he said my sheep Hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You've got to make sure that you know the voice of the Lord. You've got to make sure that you're so in tune that when a stranger starts talking, when something contrary to what you know starts talking, when something that you're not familiar with starts talking and, and ministering questions to you and getting in your mind and planting seeds of confusion, that you would be sensitive enough to sit back and say, hold on, this is not my shepherd. Hold on, this is not that voice that I am used to hearing. I've got to walk away from this. I've got to flee from this. Not just walk away, I've got to literally run the opposite direction because I cannot follow that. But when he calls my name and when I hear his voice and I know his voice and I'm heeding the voice of the Lord and I'm heeding what he has to say and I follow him, take heed to the voice that you heed. When you allow too many voices and too many sounds and too many noises and too many distractions, we become spiritual schizophrenic. You forget who you are. Your character's all messed up. Your attitude changes. And it's not because you are a horrible person. It becomes the other voices in your mind that begin to take over. It becomes the other things that have been said and the, the, the seeds of confusion that have been planted that begin to sprout and grow and, and it, it changes you. It changes your attitude. It changes your mindset. There have been too many people that let the wrong voice in their mind and it has ruined them. We know the saying there are 
too many cooks in the kitchen. There are too many chiefs and not enough Indians. You have seen it. You've been a part of it. It only creates chaos. If so many cooks are in the kitchen, they're all cooking and they're all trying to create this perfect soup in one pot and they're all putting their own ingredients in there. It probably isn't going to come out too good. People lose their joy, their peace, their confidence in God. They lose their belief, all robbed not only by a wrong voice, but from too many voices. We need to be sure we can hear God through all of the chaos so that we don't miss our moment. You better make sure that you can hear a voice and quit seeking the approval from all of the other voices. There was a young man who read in the newspaper of a job opening back when the telegraph was the fastest method of long-distance communication. A young man was going to apply for this job as a Morse code operator. Answering an ad in the newspaper, he went to the office that was listed, and when he arrived, he entered a large and busy office filled with noise and clatter including the sound of the telegraph in the background. A sign on the receptionist counter instructed job applicants to fill out a form and wait until they were summoned to enter the office. The young man sat there and began to fill out his form, and he sat down with seven other applicants in the waiting area. After a few minutes, the young man stood up, crossed the room, went into the door, And that was that. The seven other applicants sat out there wondering what in the world was going on, for they all showed up way before he did. Within a few minutes, however, the employee escorted the young man out of the office and said to the other applicants, Gentlemen, thank you so much for coming, but the job has been filled. The other applicants began grumbling to each other, and one spoke up saying, Wait a minute. I do not understand. He was the last one to come in, and we never even got a chance to be interviewed, yet he got the job. That's not fair. And that's how we would respond too. The employer said, I am sorry, but all the time that you have been sitting here, that telegraph that has been ticking out the following message in Morse code, if you understand this message, then come right in. The job is yours. But none of you heard it or understood it. And this young man did. So the job is his. You better heed the voice that you heed. You better make sure that with all the clutter and all the clatter and all the noises and all the distractions and all the voices. It doesn't matter that there are other people in there. It doesn't matter that you're in there with a church full of people. If God begins to speak to you, you better make sure that you're close enough that you can hear him. If God begins to speak and move, I want to be sensitive enough that even though other things are going on, I can hear that voice. And it's saying, come in, my child. If you want it, it's yours. All you have to do is come through the door. If you can hear me, if you can hear me in the world that you're living in, if you can hear me in the trouble that you're in, if you can hear me in the storm that you're in, I'm bidding you to come. I'm calling you out of the boat. I'm calling you to where I am. If you can hear me in all of that, 
that noise, I'm calling you to come to me right now. And when you get up, other people are going to be saying, what's going on? Why is he responding? I don't even feel anything. It's not about what you feel. It's about the voice that you hear. It's not about the goosebumps and the worship that's going on. Maybe nobody else is moving, but God is pulling you. He's nudging your heart. He's saying, come a little bit closer. Come on, I want you to worship. I want you to pray. I want to get closer to you. You've been a part of those services where God was pulling your heart and it, it seemed like nobody else was worshiping. Nobody else was praying. Nobody else was doing anything, but, but something inside of you, it was like God personally had his hand on you, pulling you up from where you were, pulling you out of the pew where you were at and bringing you to an altar. And you got up there and maybe you were the only one at the altar, but you didn't care because God was calling you and you were heeding that voice. I pray that we can always be sensitive. In this world, there are enough distractions. There are enough voices and noises. I cannot afford to miss His voice. There is something for you if you are listening for it. Not in the wind. It's not in the earthquake. It's not in the fire. But it's in that still, small voice. Can you still hear that voice? Are you still sensitive enough to God that when he speaks softly, you hear what he says? Or is there too much noise? Are there too many other voices in your ear? Too many other people that are in your circle that are talking to you, that are creating confusion and clutter. And and you can't even think. You can't even pray. You can't even talk to people about God because your mind is so full of other things. But all the while, he's speaking in that still, small voice, calling you, calling you, reaching for you. Now, I study and I read, but if you have come to hear a message tonight from Albert Einstein, I apologize. That is not me. And if you came to hear James Earl Jones or some other great narrator who has great intellect and is a wordsmith, again, I apologize. That is not me. But Paul said, and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But I pray every day that it would be as he finished it. In demonstration of the spirit and of power. Not that, no, that we come submitting unto God speaking as a messenger from the Lord. From his word and by his spirit we preach messages to you. Praying with you. Praying with a burden for your soul. God, let them hear you. Not me, not my voice, oh God, but let them hear your voice. Every time you talk to somebody, I pray that you would pray that same prayer. God, don't let them hear me. Don't let them hear my voice. My voice will fail. My words will fail. I don't have a vocabulary big enough to speak to their hurt. I don't have the words to say when what they're going through right now. I can't say what needs to be said in this moment. But God, you know exactly what needs to be said. You know exactly what they're going through. You know right where they are at, God. And I pray that you would speak through me. I pray that you would use me to speak to their storm. I pray that you would use me to speak to where they are at. And that by that, God, their life would be forever changed. I was at a church service one night and I felt the Lord quicken me to pray for somebody. I wish I could say in that moment, God showed me exactly who they were. 
or told me a name or that I knew who they were, but it wasn't like that. I just felt God say, I want you to go pray for somebody. Well, thank you. There's people all around me. I'll pray for anybody you want me to pray with. But it was at a choir concert. And everybody was just kind of clapping and not really doing much of anything but praising God and worshiping. They weren't praying in this heartfelt moment. They were just clapping and singing along. And I thought, well, God, nobody's really praying right now. They're caught up in this stuff. And I said, but I tell you what, the first person that even looks like they're praying, I'll go pray with them. A couple of seconds later, this young man towards the front lifted his hand. And I, he may not have been praying. He may have been stretching out. I don't know. But when his hand went up, I went over there to him and I started praying with him. And I laid my hand on him and I said, hey, man, I, I don't know who you are. I don't know your name. I said, but I felt a moment ago that the Lord told me to go pray with somebody. And I said, and I come to pray with you. I said, I don't I don't know you. I don't know your name. I don't know what you're going through, but I feel impressed to tell you that he does know you and he does know what you're going through. And this big old country boy just began to weep and cry and sob. And in that moment, I thought, man, I don't know what I said. And the pastor's wife looked at me and she said. I thought, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. And I went over there, she said. I don't know what you said to him, but he's come to our church for 14 years and I've never seen him respond that way. She said, what did you say? I said, I told him I didn't know what he was going through. I told him I didn't have the answers. I told him I didn't know what to say, but that God did and that God did know where he was at and that God. And sometimes that's all that people need to know. All they need is somebody that's heeding that voice that can go and be used for him to speak to somebody else. You better make sure that you're heeding the right voice. There was a circus tent that caught fire. The ringmaster was in there trying to put it out. And he had water and he had everybody else there involved trying to put out this great fire. But the harder they fought, the more the fire would begin to spread. The tent had been consumed and the animals were going crazy the people were going chaotic and it was spreading and heading towards the village the crowds in the village were unaware of what was going on so the ringmaster said i need somebody that will please go and tell the people in the village to run i need somebody to go and tell them what's going on and that there's a fire that's coming to consume them can somebody please run and tell them well the first person that was standing there was a clown in his full suit and painted face and a red nose and he took off running down the streets and hollering and people were coming out of their homes and out on the streets and listening to this clown say run save yourself the fire is coming it's going to destroy the village but the crowd began to laugh and and cheer and clap their hands for they thought this was part of the clown's performance the clown said no you don't understand i'm serious there's a fire it's coming it's going to destroy the whole village you've got to leave you've got to get out but the more he he, he got excited and the more he told them and the more he warned them and shouted the more they all laughed and cheered the village would soon be burnt and the loss of life was great 
because no one took the clown seriously. After all, he was just a clown. Now, I am by no means trying to call a minister a clown tonight. And I am by no means showing disrespect to any man that would ever stand behind a sacred desk. But I do know that there have been men such as Noah who pleaded with people, please, God has spoken to me. He's given me a word. Would you please hear what I have to tell you and save yourself? Would you please get on this boat with me and my family? Would you please help us in this and and save yourself? And people just laughed and mocked and brushed it aside as no big deal because he was just a clown. Or or was it Moses who was not taken seriously by Pharaoh and, and, and telling him, please let my people go, please let my people go, but... The Pharaoh and the people there having to suffer horrible plagues and death because they would not listen to a clown. First Corinthians one twenty one says, for after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, but it pleased God by the foolishness, the silliness, the absurdity of preaching to save them that believe. Sometimes the word of God says things that don't really make much sense to us right now. And then if we're not praying about it and we're not thinking about God and we're not in the spirit, they they don't make much sense. Things like to lose yourself is to find yourself. Or here's one, to die is gain. That one, to die hurts people. To die causes confusions and questions, but, but we know what he's talking about. Or he says, blessed are the poor. Blessed are those who mourn. His word and your co-worker's word, they're not going to line up. His word and the counselor's word may not line up. His word and your family's word may not line up. Because you see, his word is contrary to the world. But we are looking for fancy preachers who tickle our ears and tell us what we want to hear. Or are we heeding the voices that we heed because we want to be saved? Are we being so careful about who we let get in our circle and who we let speak into our lives and heeding the voices that we heed? Paying attention to who's talking to us. Let's all stand. Matthew 24 and 4 says, And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Mark 4 and 24 in the NLT, it says, Then he added, Pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Mark 13 and 5 says, And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. Luke 21 and 8, And he said, Take heed that ye be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. 
They wanted to know the end. And he replied, don't you let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah and saying the time has come. But don't believe them. His voice said, ignore their voice. His voice said, I want you to watch the seasons. I want you to watch the time. I want you to look for the signs. I want you to heed my voice. First Timothy one verse chapter one, verse four says, neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies, which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. So do first Timothy four and one. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. That word seducing means misleading, corrupting, deceiving. First Timothy 4, 16, 16 says, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear you. Titus 1, 14, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. He said they must stop listening to people who have turned away from truth. Observe, watch, beware of the voices that you listen to. Heed the voice that you hear. Not all voices are bad. And I am thankful that there are testaments and reviews from people who support this life. And that it is a good life. And that we can tell other people, I've tried it, I've tested it. I, I give it five stars. I, I give it two thumbs up. I, I say it's excellent, it's wonderful. And I'll tell everybody that asks me how much I love the Lord and how good that God is. I'm thankful for it. But some people, they like to keep others grounded. They like to speak words of destruction and words of distraction and they, they speak words that wound us and they speak words that confuse us. I ask you tonight, if you are going to seek counsel, please seek godly counsel. If you're going to ask somebody for advice at church, ask somebody who you know has been praying. Ask somebody who you know has his has him right there with them and they're praying and they're talking to God and they're asking God for advice. Talk to that person. Don't go to the person that's in the back and say, hey, I, I, I hadn't seen you pray in eight years, but I, I want to ask your opinion on something. Or better yet, they go to people who are no longer in the church and want to ask them their opinion. And, and it happens. It happens. People who are digging through the word of God, they're looking for they're looking for reasons to live however they want to live. I ask you tonight, heed the voices that you heed. Be careful of the people that you allow to speak into your life. I've heard the word mentor more in the last two or three years than I've ever heard in my life. And there's a reason for that. He said it was going to happen. He said that there would be many people who were who were asking opinions and, and allowing other people to speak false doctrines into their life. He told us it was going to happen. But heed the voice that you heed. Find somebody that that's higher than you are and say, I want to get with you. And I, I don't want to pull you down, but I want you to help lift me up.
I want you to get me to a better place. I, I've been hanging out with some prairie chickens, but I, I want to soar with some eagles. Elder, I've been seeing you pray, and I, I, I see your faithfulness to God. And I, I'm not faithful, but I want to be. Would you give me the secret? Would you help me to pray? Would you encourage me today? Find somebody like that and link arms with them and say, let's do this together. Take heed to the voice you heed. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight, God. We thank you so much for this opportunity to be together with brothers and sisters. God, we thank you for your word tonight. God, I pray that you would go with us, Lord. God, be with us this week, God. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to heed the word that we heed, the voices that we heed. God, that we would hear your voice and your opinion. God, and what you speak, God, for that is truth. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to find those that are around us, God. God, that are good for us, that benefit the body. God, and that we would link arms with them, God, and allow them to speak into our lives. God, that we would read your word and listen to our pastor. God, when he speaks, for that is our voice, oh God, that you have given to us, Lord. God, I pray tonight that you would go with us, Lord, and bring us into this place again. God, we love you so much, God, and we give you glory and honor and praise tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Love somebody tonight. Amen. Let them know how glad you are that they are here tonight. And as it is right now, our pastor and first lady should be home. We're glad that they are back in town. Be sure to tell them this weekend how much they were loved and missed. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful evening.